you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Welcome to another week and another edition of Tape Heads. We've got Dan Orlovsky. We've got Scott Pioli. I'm Bob Wischusen. Dan, of course, spent 12 years in the NFL, and now he is the number one guy on ESPN breaking down film. You see him across all of our NFL platforms. Scott Pioli, of course, the former general manager. So he brings an inside look, not just at X's and O's, but also weaving in the personnel decisions behind the X's and O's. It's what makes talking football with these guys so special. Uh, and we are going to dive right, guys, into what had to be the number one game of the week. And that was what a win for the Chargers against the Chiefs. Here's how it ended, but it never should have come down to this. Mahomes to pass. All kinds of time rolling to his right, extending the play. And now Bosa going to collapse the pocket. Ball is up, and it is intercepted. Intercepted by Aloe Gilman. Mahomes inexplicably threw that thing up for grabs and just floated it to the defensive backfield and Gilman tracked it down for the fourth forced turnover by the Chargers today. So the Chargers end up getting the win. Drama at the end. But guys, should it ever have come to that drama? Maybe the jumping off point here should be how the Chiefs got an opportunity to win that game at the end. Patrick Mahomes, one more chance. It's rare that you're going to throw a touchdown pass at the end of the game and have everybody sitting there throwing their hands up saying, what are they doing? But everybody that knows clock management is looking at the end of that game saying, what are they doing? Were you guys <laughs> thinking the same? Dan, let's start with you. No, I was completely with Brandon Staley. Why? Um, shocking. 
Yeah, I think the reality was this, that they realized that their quarterback was hot. You know, Justin Herbert had a great feel for what Kansas City was doing. Um, They had better personnel on the outside than Kansas City running their man coverage. You know, if you go back in the first half, they went for it on fourth down on two different occasions. So that was kind of their plan, because you're playing against Patrick Mahomes, to stay aggressive. You get into that fourth and four situation at the end of the game, then we get the false start, fourth fourth and nine. And I think the reality for the organization was, because watching the tape, you start to see some things that becomes very visible. The wind was outrageous at that game. You could see the flags on the goalpost almost horizontal. So I think they had the belief going into that fourth quarter drive, all right, we're, we're going for this. We don't want to put the game into the kicker's hands. So they go for it. They get the PI. They take the one-on-one shot to Mike Williams to get down inside the four-yard line. He catches it. Now the game-winning touchdown pass to Mike Williams, the quick fade, is actually a run. They're just calling run there. And I really believe it was one of those situations where Justin just peeked over to Mike Williams. It was the same corn on him to play before. And he said, my guy's better than your guy. We used to do that with Calvin Johnson all the time. Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson would just play this backyard game one-on-one and you get the touchdown. And I think Brandon Staley believes in that moment, he's going to trust that his defense can find a way to get off the field or make that two play stop at the end of the game. So if you're putting in the game in the hands of Justin Herbert and Mike Williams or your kicker, I like what they did clockwise in the management of that game. Wow. Scott, your thoughts? Yeah. You know, initially I was surprised, but again, I didn't have all the information. I think that's part of what was going on. I was a little surprised that Tony Romo also didn't have all the information about the wind because to me, that's a real deal. And again, I'm not one of those people that overreacts. I always want to hear and understand the coach's reasoning behind something. And, you know, different but similar to Mike McCarthy last week and, and seeing not being able to see the clock. But to me, I think you have to give a coach a chance to say what they're thinking. And all the things that Dan said are 100% right. Now, here's the thing, though. If that is the case and that is true, I still think that there's some other little things that you have to pay attention to because it was a, it's a great time for a teaching moment because if all those things are true, there's still times and, and games where you are going to have to manage the clock a little bit better. To me, prior to that one play, it was more I was surprised they weren't running the ball a little bit more because there were a number of incompletions that stopped the clocks, uh, stopped the clock. You know, there's a first and goal in the fourth quarter decision. They threw an incompletion. You know, they had some other sloppy play. They had two instances, one during that drive, that final drive, where they lost a touchdown due to an illegal formation. That actually helped them because it kept the kept the offense on the field and kept the clock going. But there's little details um, that need to be cleaned up within that drive, within everything that they're doing. Again, they had two costly illegal shifts during the game. They had one the week before. You know, The first one yesterday cost them a 30-yard completion that would have given them the ball at the Chiefs plus 19, but then they have to punt, give Casey the ball with 233 left, and instead of it being either 17 and nothing or 21 and nothing at the half, it's 14 to 3. Well, let me tell you why you and Dan and Brandon Staley are all nuts. You're all wrong. There's no way when you're down at the four-yard line, you throw the ball in the end zone there. That is poor clock management. No matter how you cut it, Kansas City's got one timeout left. The only way that they get a chance to win that game is if you give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes with time on the clock. That is an old-school extra point. The ball's at the four-yard line. You're talking about a 20-yard. The wind would have had to have been 60 miles an hour for 
up an old school extra point to be affected for an NFL kicker by the win. Number one. Number two, when you score the touchdown there, you still bring a kick into play. But now the kick is a 33-yard kick. If you're worried about the wind, you should be worried about how it's going to impact the extra point after you score the touchdown, which now means you might lose the game. And what happened? From 33 yards away in the wind, he missed an extra point. He's not missing that from the four-yard line. You take the Plus, the game's tied. You can't even lose. So to me, the no-brainer move there is to take the clock as far down as you can, make the last play of regulation time your game-winning field goal. I was stunned that they did what they did. It, it, to me, that was the passing version of a running back not realizing when you run down to the four-yard line with a little bit of time left on the clock, how, do, how often do we see well-schooled running backs just lay down, lay down in the field of play and end a game? They gave Patrick Mahomes a chance he never should have had, and I'm stunned that you guys don't think that. Well, I think, Bob, my point in saying that was that I wanted them to run the ball more. I didn't like the incomplete passes. I didn't like that they weren't chewing up more clock. I was okay with that throw. You know, um, a wise football man that I worked with once said, in critical situations, think of players and not plays. I think in the back of the mind of Brandon Staley, I think he was generally, and this is me speculating, he was clearly concerned about the kicking. He was clearly mm-hmm. concerned about kicking off the grass. He was clearly. From the clearly, four yard line. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bob, uh, how many times have we, how many missed extra points have we seen this year things that have been given from the 33 yard line from a 33 yard attempt yes. yes from i mean the the reason they took the extra point back to a 33 yard attempt is because from the four yard line and we play all kinds of games in all kinds of elements all the way through the winter it's like a 98 percent make ratio from when you put the ball at the two they're at the four i mean it's, yeah. it is it I is the reason they move the kick back to yeah. a 33 yard attempt because no one ever missed regardless think- of the conditions no one ever missed bob i think the the point that scott and i's at least vantage point is and this was the point that i made that was not a huddle call hey we're gonna throw this ball to mike williams i truly believe that was because if you watch the play it's a it's a duo inside run so we're off the bunch right they're calling a run play and i truly believe it was one of those moments coming off because the previous play was that completion and i think herbert and this is a learning lesson for justin herbert and a coaching lesson to justin herbert herbert went to mike williams and said hey if we get one-on-one again because if you watch mike come off and if for everyone who's listening go find that play and watch again Mike comes off the ball somewhat hesitant peeks in because pre-snap he's looking at Herbert they're looking at each other he comes off the ball like somewhat hesitant Calvin used to do it all the time and then he goes and I don't think that was a called hey we're throwing this ball right I truly believe it was a little bit of my guys one-on-one it's recess 12 year old on the on the schoolyard yeah, and Williams said after the game it was called a running play. They said it after oh, the game. Did? It was a called yeah. running play, and he gave me that look, you know, the wink, wink, half, yeah. you know, yep. the, the, <laughs> the nose swipe thing, and he threw the ball. Now, Dan, you you played for 12, 13, 14 – that happens all the time in the league. Yeah. With, with, I'll tell you what, though, it happens more often with veteran quarterbacks. This was mm-hmm. a young quarterback taking mm-hmm. a risk, which that's the part I was a little bit surprised of. Because, again, he got away with it at the end. That's okay. But that's why I bring up the point. Don't let 
you know, current success plant the seeds for future defeats. Mm. And, you know, you can feel good about it right now, but don't be the emperor with no clothes on. It, to your point, Dan, go back Teach. and make sure that the kid knows. And that was definitely, again, Mike Williams said it right after the game. It was definitely, you know, a run call mm. that he changed with the wink wink. Well, guys, we have to get to the Chiefs as well, because now they're one and two for the first time under Andy Reid. Yeah. To me, their offensive line's a problem, right? Like Patrick Mahomes right now, to me, is looking like the Patrick Mahomes we saw in the Super Bowl last year where he is under way more duress than he's ever been under before, running for his life. They have a hard time leaning on their run game as well. Dan, I know you think the depth of their skill position players is a problem as well once you get past Hill and Mm -hmm. Kelsey as weapons for Patrick Mahomes. So how worried should a Chiefs fan be that they're one and two right now and kind of, I don't know, go down the laundry list of priorities here. How would you fix it? I'm not overly worried. Um, They're one and two because of their offense. They're one and two because they've got six giveaways in three games, which is very uncharacteristic of them. In their last 49 games, they have 48 giveaways before this season. They've doubled their average. Um, So I'm not overly, because I think you get what you emphasize and they will emphasize that. Now, do I think that as a football team, no one loves Patrick Mahomes more than me. Uh, They've gotten careless with the football. They've gotten careless with the most important thing, everybody, and Patrick's leading the charge. And partly because Patrick, it's not only that he didn't get hurt in his past being careless at times, and we marveled at it, and I would sit there and go, you should not do that, but you can do it. He had success being careless with the football. And that's intoxicating, right? It's, it's, it's intoxicating. You can get drunk on it. And you got to kind of wind that back in. You still want him to be aggressive and keep his stinger and that kind of freestyle style of football that he has, but also reel it in just a little bit and make sure you're not beating yourselves. Three turnovers really in scoring territory, three giveaways in scoring territory. So I'm not panicking about that. All offseason, I said the Colts or the Chiefs, excuse me, are going to need to find a second wide receiver. They're going to need to, once Sammy Watkins had moved on. And I thought, well, maybe Cornell Powell that they drafted out of Clemson or maybe Noah Gray out of Duke, these two rookies. Cause I was ready for Miko Hardman to step up three games in Miko Hardman has 11 catches. Four of them are on the, the shotgun catch jet sweep. So he has seven real catches. Dan, I'm right there with you. And I think, again, this is a completely new offensive line. And what we know about offensive line, two of the most important things is keeping everyone healthy and guys getting reps together so they can learn to work as a unit. That's one of the most important things for an offensive line. I think, I don't know how good they'll be, but I think they're going to be better than what they are. I also think once Andy understands and Eric Bianmi understands the limitations of the offensive line, they'll do some game planning and play calling things to help the offensive line. But the thing that Dan nailed that I am 100% on with is they have lost respect for the football and the football is the most important thing on, on the field. And part of what makes Patrick Mahomes great in the past has been his ability to do things with the ball that we've never seen anyone else do. And that is wonderful when it works and and when it manifests itself into good plays when it doesn't work it starts to look bad. Again, you're looking at a team now. Again, let, let's just look at this. They started this game against the Chargers off with three turnovers on their first three offensive drives. The first turnover was that no-look pass that Mahomes you know, tried throwing to Marcus Kemp. It was behind him. Truthfully, the no-look wasn't necessary. 
and it was tipped by Kemp because it was behind him and it was intercepted. You know, the Chiefs at that moment, they were in the 10th play of a drive when they turned it over and they were inside the 30 of the Chargers. The second turnover, the Chiefs start the drive first and 10 plus 50. They've got a six play drive and they fumble on the plus 14. Bobby Shue, one thing I want to make the point, and this isn't just for this game. This is for what's going on in the NFL. We talked about it a little bit last week. And the, the, the point Scott made of the 15th play of that drive was the interception. That's the no look. That was the 15th play, correct? Yes. Think of that. A lot of defenses in the NFL right now are philosophically doing what Bill Belichick did a long time ago. We are going to play these zones and we're going to make you go on these long drives because we don't think these incredibly lightning rod um, wildly athletic, dynamic quarterbacks are going to play four clean quarters. That they can play four clean, boring quarters. <laughs> and that's, and that's going to be, a, this will be a theme that you will hear us talk about a lot throughout the season. The discipline of quarterbacks. When teams are playing this way and they're not going to give you the highlight reel throws, will you outgrind the defenses? Well, It was a tremendous win for Justin Herbert, obviously, and a huge win for Matthew Stafford. That's the game we're going to get into next. Bucks rams early statement win for L.A. We'll we'll talk about it. Scott Pioli, Dan Orlovsky, me, Bob Oshusa, coming right back on Tapeheads. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. 
If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Back here on Tape Heads, Bob Oshusen with Scott Pioli and Dan Orlovsky. A huge win for the L.A. Rams. And look, we all wondered, was this going to be one of those early season litmus test games? Both organizations tried to downplay it, but everybody that watched it knows how important it was. And I think Sean McVay understands how important it was as well. I thought it was a great team win. You know, all three phases contributed. They played at the level that we expect. Guys stayed connected. They stayed together. Um, obviously, Matthew Stafford's leadership was was outstanding today. I thought, uh, you know, he made some really incredible plays, especially third down. I thought he was outstanding on third down as the game started to unfold where we had that, you know, sequence where we went four drives in a row with touchdowns. Well, guys, obviously the head coach knows. He's got a quarterback playing at a very high level right now, and I think we looked at Matthew Stafford, Scott, with this offense as being a guy that could play at an MVP level. And to me, he is living up to everything that we thought he could be in and around this offense. What have you seen? Well, on top of him, his performance, right? Clearly, he has been performing very well. Clearly, he's energizing the head coach and the entire franchise because it seems like you have two people in Sapatico that are just on the same intellectual level. And when that happens, when you have a combination of a really smart head coach and a really smart quarterback, and they can be on the same page or a really smart offensive coordinator, some great things can happen, including great energy. Now, I'm not going to compare these two to Belichick and Brady in the early days, but that whole concept of a quarterback having a smart head coach and a head coach having a player that that can truly understand him does a lot for the overall energy there's less frustration by the coach there's less frustration by the player so you're seeing i think you know stafford's presence manifest itself in ways that aren't just the x's and o's and aren't just physical but to me the most important thing that i've seen with this football team is and again i love talking about clean football when you look at the rams right now now, they've had in three games only seven penalties, which is the best in the National Football League. And that, that, that's a pretty outrageous number. The other thing is they only have two turnovers. So when you're playing clean football, you're not just doing things well on offense, but you're helping your defense, not putting them in a compromised position. So to me right now, what it is, they're playing smart, clean football. Yeah, I love the fact that you talked about Matthew's intellect, Scott. Yeah, I, I was with Matthew for a long time. Now he's a dear friend of mine. Uh, I have always said the thing that we don't talk about enough is how smart he is. Yes, he's got an absolute cannon for an arm. And that's the thing that we've always referenced with Matthew Stafford. Arm talent, arm talent. That's there. But what you have is one of the brightest offensive minds in football. And now you have matched him with one of the brightest quarterbacks in football. And, you know, when this relationship got together, I had said three things that would kind of be the difference in this offense. One, when Sean dials up these plays and he he realizes, okay, defense likes to do this versus this formation and this personnel grouping, I'm going to get a guy open. I, I just need you to hit it on a consistent basis. And Matthew's doing that on a consistent basis, especially those chunk plays. Number two, they can play that like, the Deshaun Jackson touchdown the other day, 
It's third and 10. Yes, most quarterbacks in the NFL are making that throw. But the fact that on third and 10, he can single up Deshaun Jackson backside and go in route pump. He goes 18 yards, wraps in, quarter safety, just vision on Matthew. And then he goes over the top. Matthew is staring completely to the left. Oh, safety. I'm not looking over there because I think you want me to think I'm coming back, holding my eyes, going to throw the in route. Just the understanding of that. And then the big ball shot downfield. They're not even using that much play action. <laughs> yeah. You know, like we, we thought, oh, play. They're, they're just playing almost like sh- I called it last week, sh- spread them and shred them. They're in a ton of empty personnel and they are just gashing defenses. Well, they started Jake Funk at tailback <laughs> because Correct. of injuries, right? They've got Sony Michelle who, Sony Michelle's fine, but there's no defense out there that's going to be loading up the box to stop Sony Michelle. So, right. I mean, Scott, isn't this on Matthew Stafford to make this all go without even the threat of a running game that's going to bring big-time play action into it? And he's still getting it done. I was just going to say, we thought at the beginning of the year, because it's part of a big part of Sean's game, is the play action pass. And it was going right. to help in protection. They don't need to yet. They haven't done it yet. But what will happen as the passing game continues to improve and they're going downfield and they're getting more intermediate throws, it's going to soften the defense, Will a lot, which, again, will play hand-in-hand. Hand. That will help them establish the running game. You know, yeah. Dan, I, I love what you said about you know his intelligence. Here's the thing about quarterbacks with intelligence. There's a lot of really smart quarterbacks in the National Football League, which Matthew is. Yet he also has the ability to make the right decision. And those things are different, right? He makes the oh, yeah. right decision. A lot of smart people make bad decisions. He's <laughs> smart and he makes good decisions. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> occasionally, occasionally. But, but, but he makes some he makes the right decision. He makes them quickly. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I'll never forget one a uh, quick story here, one of my favorite lessons. Uh, a, 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 a coach a long time ago, um, we were evaluating quarterbacks, and he was talking about a quarterback that he had had when he was an interim head coach, and Rick Venturi was the coach, and he was talking about this guy who had all these skills, all these tools, and if you know Rick, he used to talk to so He goes, dog, this guy has this, the strongest arm in the world. He can throw it through a wall. The problem is I just can't get him to throw it through the right wall. And, and that's the whole thing. Arm talent is one thing, as you say, Dan, but the ability to be smart and make the right decision is yeah. what makes a better quarterback and two things Bob because I know we're talking about Matthew and I've I've kind of said this before Cooper Cup reminds me so much of Torrey Holt Hmm. like Torrey Holt Holt, like when I watched Torrey play the thing that stood out to me was how he would change the tempo of his routes you know, he would, sometimes he would burst. Sometimes he would slow play it. Sometimes he would walk it. Sometimes he would kind of jog through stuff. And it was all purposeful. And it was to constantly keep the defense off balance. And two plays that stand out to me with Cooper are, you know, there's a there's a trip set to the bottom of the field, balls on the right hash, and he's the number two receiver. And the meaning in the middle of the outside receiver and the receiver closest to the ball. And the receiver hmm. closest to the ball is Robert Woods, and he's got a clear route. Starts on the left side, goes all the way across to the right. The receiver all the way on the outside is Van Jefferson. He's got a post. And so at the snap, Cooper and Van Jefferson are starting basically at the same starting point at depth wise. They're, you know, because one's on the ball, one's right off his heels. 
And Cooper Cup seems inside. So the flat defender who's responsible for Cooper, if he goes to the sideline, he's now lost. The flat defender has no idea where he is because he's got vision on the quarterback. Seems down inside. He he bursts down inside. Then he slow plays, jogs it. The post on the outside is going, going, going fast as he can. Then Cooper kind of starts to wind his way back outside. And as they're starting to make their breaks, Van going to the post and Cooper really kind of going to his sail route or his deep corner out route, they're five yards of separation depth wise you know and it's Cooper Cup by changing his tempo and seeming he gets himself wide open strictly because he changes the depth of his route in the tempo of his route and I I, I, like for me it's it's unbelievable to watch how he changes the tempo in getting himself open but Dan when a receiver does that this is I love this point when a receiver does that doesn't that take a lot of reps between the quarterback mm-hmm. and the receiver in terms of the quarterback getting to understand the feel and sure. the flow of that receiver? Yeah. Why do you think that that's happening so quickly? I think Cooper's b- very bright as well. Uh, I could tell you, I, you know, when Matthew went and got traded to the Rams within the first five or six days, uh, he texted me, Cooper Cup's going to have 100 catches. <laughs> you know, they just spent so much time together, really learning each other. And when I say learning each other, and Scott's a great question, you're learning the body language, the nonverbal exactly. body language of your receiver. As a quarterback, you got to listen. Hey, when I drop my hips and turn my head out versus this type of leverage on this route, this is what I'm doing. Or when I seam inside and lean into the re- to defender and I got a guy outside of me, this is what I expect. So, you know, the nonverbal body language He's telling Matthew, this is what I'm doing. And Matthew has the trust because of the reps throughout the last eight, nine months. Okay, this is where he's going to be. Fascinating that those guys could get on that kind of page chemistry-wise that fast. You'd think it would take years. It just goes to show you when you've got really smart, good football players and a great head coach, how this can all come together. Speaking of which... A guy that has come right back in and gotten right back on the same page with all of his offensive weapons, Dak Prescott. We're going to talk about Monday Night Football, the performance of the Cowboys, and also maybe some fool's gold with Lamar and the Ravens. I'm going to get Scott Pioli's take and Dan Orlovsky's take on that next. I'm Bob and We're coming right back on Tapeheads. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he didn't need it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O.com. Back here on Tapeheads, Bob Shoes with Scott Pioli and Dan Orlovsky. You know, we talked about the opening performance of the Cowboys guys on opening night when they were on the road against the defending champs, and they lost. But we talked about how Dak Prescott served notice, how the Cowboys mm-hmm. looked like a team that was going to win their division, even coming off of a loss. And I think we've been proven right, haven't we, over the past couple of weeks? The level that Dak is playing at. If I was a Giant fan, a Washington football team fan, you know, obviously an Eagles fan having watched Monday Night Football, I would be very worried that the Cowboys are going to run away with this division. What is working so fluidly with their offense now that Dak is back? I think Scott and Bob, first of all, Kellen Moore, their offensive coordinator has been absolutely lights out. You're you're talking about a coach that completely, and I always say this about coaches, not only do you need to understand who you are as an offense, you need to understand who you're going against. Okay. And that changes week to week. This is who we are as an offense. We're playing this defense is our strength, their strength. Is our weakness their strength? Is our strength their weakness? You know, so that's how you craft these game plans to, to, to allow your guys. And we often hear the cliche phrase, players, coaches put players in position to be successful. That's really what it is, you know, without those six or seven words. And Kellen Moore is doing a ridiculous job of that with everything. They're formationing, playing in their 12 personnel with both those tight ends. The different ways they're getting Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott the ball. You know, if you watched last week's game, because everyone was talking about the two tail backs. Well, Tony Pollard had, I believe, 16 carries, and this was the Chargers game, 16 carries, and I think 13 of them were to the perimeter. And Ezekiel Elliott had 13 carries, and 13 of them were inside the tackles. That's that's purposeful. You, they're really going, we got two backs that equal one really, really good one, and we're going to allow them to play the, to their strengths. And then if you watch Monday Night Football, the thing that really stood out to me, I expected a lot of this Cowboys offense I did not expect the level of physicality and violence that they're playing with. I'm not talking about just the offensive line. Go watch Zeke run in that game. Zeke is finishing runs. He is playing with violence as a tailback. Watch CeeDee Lamb block. Go watch <laughs> their receivers block. Yeah. they And it is, when they call a running play, I've been around receivers, great ones, that sometimes they're like, oh, it's a running play. It The saying, it takes all 11 to have a good run game, I think right now is the Cowboys are like the walking image of that. And so I, this is an offense that really knows who it is. They know how to attack defenses. They got the people to do it. They're playing physical and violent, everybody. And then in the past game, the thing that I loved hearing from Dak Prescott was he was talking about during the rehab process, 
he believed that he needed to evolve, that he needed to get better. And so he found ways to play faster by studying others. And you're watching it. Dak is playing remarkably fast as a quarterback right now. Yeah. You know, I want to go back to one thing you said, Dan, you know, Kellen Moore. And the fact that we hear it all the time from so many coaches and so many programs where they talk about they're going to put a player in a position to succeed. Mm-hmm. However, not everyone does what they say. <laughs> and and I've seen it year after year because right. this is a game of matchups, you know, and week to week, as you say, you want to make sure that you you know, from a matchup standpoint, you have winning matchups and that you, you know, can mitigate the matchups that they may have an advantage to, which is Mm -hmm. always going after their best player. You know, one of the things uh, that I always used to talk about a phrase I love is accentuate the positive and limit the limitations. The reality is every player has some limitations. Every player has some positives, put them, you have a 53 man roster, you get 45 plus active on game day, use your roster in order to attack a team and to accentuate their positives and limit their limitations. As a personnel guy, it always used to drive me crazy when either scouts or coaches or people doing the evaluation would spend so much time on what a guy can't do. Yeah. Oh, he can't do this. Ah, oh, he sucks. It's all what well, tell me what can he do? What can he do really well? Can we find a role for him? Can we find a spot for him in order to help? And, you know, Dan, you talk about the physicality and the violence that they're playing with. You know, in week one, I didn't really get the sense it was there. And I think the absence of Zach Martin in game one, totally, it, it really had something to do with their mentality. And again, as you mentioned, though, it wasn't just the offensive line. Because here's the other thing. I really felt after two games a week ago, we were talking about, hey, is Tony Pollard going to be the new guy? Because Zeke isn't doing it. This was the first time this week. Last night was the first time that I've seen Zeke run that hard, not only so far this season, it's a short season, but even last year, I wasn't digging it. You know, I wasn't getting it. He ran last night with a different type of physicality. Their defense is playing. They have become an extremely physical football team. That's one of the things that they're going to have to keep up. Yeah, I agree. And that Dalton Schultz touchdown, right? The the in the in the first half, the thing the reason I want to point it out is if you go back and watch the 49ers play against the Eagles defense, right before the half, which is a similar situation to the Dalton Schultz touchdown, Jimmy Garoppolo throws a seam ball to Debo Samuel in too high safety. And if I'm watching that tape, I watch the safety really collapse hard on Debo Samuel. It just so happens to be the safety that was on the same play of the Dalton Schultz touchdown. And they got those two tight ends and they switched to release them. So they almost look like a scissor. The outside guy, Jarwin, comes in. He runs that seam just like Debo Samuel does. He bends it. The safety collapses. They free release the back to hold the cover two corner just a little bit. Schultz kind of slow plays it and then goes down the sideline. That to me is Kellen Moore. That to me is watching tape and going, gotcha. Hmm. Okay, I I see you safety and I'm going to take advantage of it. And I think that is one of the big differences right now in this offense. That's great stuff. As far as the Ravens are concerned, quickly switching to Lamar Jackson. They needed this to win on the road at Detroit. A 66-yard field goal try for Justin Tucker. It would be the longest in NFL history if it's good. A 66-yard try. Tucker's kick is on the way. It is good! Crossbar! And it tumbles through! It is good! Time has expired! Justin Tucker with the longest field goal in NFL history. The hay is in the barn! And it's mayhem on the field! 
right, guys, look, Justin Tucker, he was going to the Hall of Fame anyway. Like, he's that good. You make a kick like that, it just enhances your profile. But should this team need that to beat Detroit on the road? Is there anything fool's gold-wise right now with, uh, with Baltimore that you'd be worried about? Yeah, they needed to beat Detroit on the road if Hollywood Brown's going to drop three touchdowns. You know, <laughs> that's a good point. I just, he has a tough time catching the ball, and that's a bad trait yeah, for a wide receiver. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of us need to change the way we're looking at the Ravens a little bit because they've been decimated by injuries. Their talent has allowed them to still, in many ways, control games like that with some of those mistakes. Because of the injuries... That's unrealistic to think about right now. So they're going to have to play, you know, a cleaner brand of football consistently and more execution based consistently to not have to be so reliant on Lamar two weeks ago to be absolutely spectacular against the Chiefs or last week the other day to have that fourth and 19 remarkable throw. So they got to play more execution focused because the mistakes are going to haunt them eventually. Now, the kick was absolutely lights out. One of my favorite football plays ever. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the other thing is, Dan, you mentioned the injuries. Injuries are a real thing physically for the team and how they can perform. It also takes a bit of an emotional toll on a football team. Whether it should or shouldn't can be up for debate, but it does. And then you go back to, and this is not making excuses for the Ravens at all. They open up at Las Vegas. They play the Raiders. Undefeated Raiders team now, 3-0. Clearly a good Raiders team. A team that they knew they had to be up for. The next week, they've got the Chiefs. Yeah, they've got them at home, but they know... They've got to bring it. Two weeks in a row, they got to bring it. They're beat up physically, maybe a little bit mentally and emotionally. Ah, oh, we got the Lions this week. You know, yeah, it's up there. And and you would like to think that a team and, and players and world-class athletes don't get that, but some do. Not all 53 are going to be dialed in. And I just wonder, and again, I'm not looking to make excuses for the Ravens. I'm just wondering if some of that crept into where their minds are right now. Well, good teams find a way to win, and they found a way to win even when they're not at their best. That's another episode of Tape Heads in the books. We're coming back on Thursday, though. And when we do, we're going to give you the inside breakdown, X's and O's wise, who will have the advantage between Bill and Tom when they reunite on Sunday. Not only that, but we're going to try and solve the Bears problems for you if they're solvable. That's Scott Pioli, Dan Orlovsky. I'm Bob Oshusen. We'll be back on Thursday with another episode of Tape Heads. Tapeheads is a production of iHeartMedia and the NFL. You can download the Tapeheads podcast on the iHeart app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.